Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You are listening to the next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of War for the Planet of the Apes. What are you going to name them? Do they look like just apes to you? He saved our lives. He was remarkable. Apes! Apes! You're him. You're Caesar. We've been searching for you for so long. I do not start this war. I fight only to protect apes. Human gets sick. Ape gets smart. Then human kill ape, but not me. I run. There are times when it is necessary to abandon our humanity to save humanity. eventually you'd replace us. That's the law of nature. So what would you have done? What did the humans promise you? No matter what you do, you'll never be one of them. You are We are the beginning! Apes together! Have you come to save your apes? I came for you. Okay, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for War for the Planet of the Apes, and the story is as follows. Caesar and his apes are forced into a deadly conflict with an army of humans led by a ruthless colonel. After the apes suffer unimaginable losses, Caesar wrestles with his darker instincts and begins his own mythic quest to avenge his kind. As the journey finally brings them face to face, Caesar and the colonel are pitted against each other in an epic battle that will determine the fate of both of their species and the future of the planet. It is starring Andy Serkis, Woody Harrelson, Steve Zahn, Amaya Miller, Karen Conoval, Judy Greer, and Terry Nodery. It is written and directed by Matt Reeves, co-written by Mark Bomback. With me for this review today, I have a guest. I have Mr. J.D. Duran from the Incession Film Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I love everything you do, Matt. So uh, especially when you invite me to talk about these kinds of films, I'll be here anytime you need me. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> but, what I, but what I don't know what you mean, though, is what do you mean by exactly these kinds of films? Like, are you implying that 
this movie is good? I am 1,000% implying that this film is good. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly where I was going with that. And perhaps we could even start off this conversation by posing this question, Matt. It feels appropriate for your show, especially. When can we expect Andy Serkis to win an award for his performance? Somebody please recognize him for the brilliance that he brings to this film and this entire series. I feel like not only should he win an Oscar for his performance in this film, but they should give him two other Oscars as an apology for just completely ignoring him in the last two films and perhaps his whole career. This has literally been the topic of conversation online and amongst my team now for like the last week. Mm. Um, It's something that we've talked about extensively. Yeah. I will say this pound for pound it is the best male lead performance I have seen this year so far. I agree. I 100% agree with that. I also did believe that when Rise and Dawn came out, that he also was deserving of a supporting actor nomination. Yeah. And the closest he came was in 2011 with Rise of the Planet of the Apes, where he got a Critics' Choice nomination for Best Supporting Actor. He was mentioned Mm. by a lot of the critics, but of course the industry itself just never really went there the question of whether or not how much of it was visual effects how much of it was him and the studio has done an amazing job with all these different uh behind the scenes uh you know reels and footage showing and implying and also just pretty much just coming right out and saying we we do very 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 minor if little touch-up work this is all andy circus like the heart and soul and the physicality of everything that encompasses this performance it's andy yeah absolutely and there's he i don't know if you've seen him out on uh, the circuit promoting the film but he's brought with him some uh some footage that helps demonstrate that it is him because it starts off with him talking and you see the mannerisms and those facial expressions and then it turns it slowly transitions into the animation into caesar and it's verbatim the same so you can clearly see that yeah he is the heart and soul obviously a lot of the dialogue is him as well and nothing against Weta. I think the animation, <clears throat> excuse me, the animation in these films, and especially in war, it's stunning. It is absolutely stunning. At one point during the film, and I, I just saw this last night, so I'm, I'm fresh on it. At one point, I turned to my wife and I was like, I'm not sure if this is CGI. I think they got real talking apes because the, the animation is just so seamless and realistic. And it's, you know, so, so what, what it did in terms of bringing life to, you know, to, to these characters aesthetically is fantastic. But yeah, Andy Serkis and, and these actors are 100% the heart and soul of the film and, and Andy Serkis's performance, especially as Caesar carries the weight of this film emotionally incredibly well. And that's what I love so much about this film, man. I'm sure you're in the same camp in a lot of ways, but you know, as much as I love something like the, the Marvel cinematic universe and some of these superhero films, I'm, I'm a big defender of a lot of those films, but war for the planet of the apes is the antithesis to that. This is a film that isn't predicated on action or necessarily, um, I mean, there is high stakes drama, but the film is more concerned about its intimate moments. It's more concerned about its character and what drives these characters. And it slows down 
all the time in, in between the plot beats from A to B to C, we get a lot of, there's a lot of time spent on what drives these characters, what motivates them, why some of these supporting apes want to protect Caesar at all costs, what is driving Caesar. We, all of that is so fleshed out and it's gorgeous. It is utterly beautiful. And that kind of methodical pacing to spend time on what humanity is reflecting humanity through these apes and juxtaposing that with chaos and brutality and human characters and letting that sink in and resonate from a mainstream blockbuster film. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. What Matt Reeves did with this film. Oh yeah, no, it, it totally is. You know, when you take a step back and you realize that a big chunk of this movie is almost like a silent film in yeah. many ways. Yeah. And the rhythmic pace with which the apes do speak to each other, um, very broken up. Uh, there's a lot of space between the words. Mm-hmm. I, I could forgive some people that may say that the middle section of this movie is a bit slow. Mm. I, because it because I mean how else are you going to do it? It's not like the apes are going to be talking at a rate that we're talking right now. Sure, it, it's just not going to happen. So I can understand if somebody could like misconstrue that and walk away saying, "Oh man, that seemed to drag a little bit." Like, mm-hmm. but the point of it is though is that Matt Reeves is fully committed to these characters so much so that he had Caesar be the anchor of this movie. In the past two films, Rise and Dawn, we had a human counterpart in James Franco or in Carrie Russell and uh, Jason Clark in Dawn. Mm-hmm. And in this film, Caesar is the main character. He is, yeah. And he is interacting mostly with other apes or other humans that can't speak. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. There's like very, very little... Um, actual dialogue. A lot of it is still through. Um, I, I I don't know if I want to call it sign language. I don't know if it's its own language or what it is. Basically, some version of it for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So there's a lot of subtitles in this movie, and it's like when Woody Harrelson comes on screen. I mean, he just pretty much energizes the uh, yeah. the, the entire scene that he's very in. very much so. Yeah. Now backtracking a little bit here. Um. I want to uh, contextualize a little bit of what we're saying a bit about the movie. Yeah. So I take it you were high on both Rise and Dawn? Very much, yeah. Both films made my top 20 of their respective years. Yeah, I think Rise made my top 10 and Dawn was in my top 15. Um, Rise, for me, just came out in a very, very weak year, I remember. Um, Hmm. This film, uh, in a one-word answer, yes or no, is this film the best in the trilogy for you? Oh, man, it's tough because, like I said, I just came out of this movie not that long ago. Just just viscerally speaking off of emotion, I would probably say yes at this moment without wrestling with it too much. So let's talk about that emotion a little bit here because we've talked about how Matt Reeves is really um, putting the focus on the apes. We've talked about how the film feels grounded in, in in a way you know it, mm-hmm. it's not like it's not what i was expecting going in you know you think war for the planet of the apes you think there's going to be big battles of apes versus you know the u.s army and whatever the case may be over like maybe a yeah. big field yeah uh, you know like, like braveheart or something yeah right? yeah um but this is not so much about the quote-unquote war for the planet of the apes this is about the war that is raging internally with yes. caesar yeah, absolutely. My God, what a decision on Matt Reeves' part yeah. to really, really 
realize that the personal, the intimate, and also the conflict that rages on within a person is more epic than a battle for the planet itself. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, and it is kind of funny what you're saying as far as the marketing of this film. And it, sure, it, it, it in, a, in a lot of ways, it amps up the quote unquote physical the physical war of this movie and it starts out that way we do see a big battle sequence at the beginning of the film but what i love about this film as it relates to what you're talking about and how internal this film is and it's very much introspective and that's what i love about the film even in that opening battle sequence as grand as it is the staging of it is very riveting at times it's very dramatic but halfway through that scene, Matt Reeves simply pauses and he lingers on the emotion of that scene and, and what's happening. And Michael Giacchino's score ramps up, which is beautiful in its own right. And I'm sure we can get further into that. And he focuses on the consequences of the war. And that's ultimately what this film is about the emotion of what these characters are going through. And in particular with Caesar, he is, there is this internal conflict um, as it relates to guilt that he's experiencing with Koba, not necessarily um, he feels guilty for not, um, uh, for not pandering, for not pandering to, Koba's uh, fears of humanity, which of course started its, he's the one that started this war back in dawn. And so he is reeling from that. And then there's a dramatic turn part, part way through this movie that is very intimate and close to Caesar's chest as well. And that only amps up that internal conflict in Caesar. And, you know, earlier you were talking about how the middle section of this film drags <clears throat> and I guess depending on what you want out of out of this film, if if that's how you feel about it, that is perfectly fair. And Matt, that is what I loved about the second act of this film. The <laughs> fact that the film could care less about the physicality of the actual war itself and what's going on. The film slows down to focus on this internal conflict, to focus on the supporting characters that are around Caesar protecting him as he is grappling and wrestling with all of this. They're in this together. That mantra of apes together strong is rendered so beautifully in this film. And it's such a big part of that second act as well. And the fact that we just slow down to focus on that, the conversations, the fact that everything ties back to this intimacy that Caesar is grappling with. I, it's, I, it moved me. It deeply, deeply moved me. And I would a thousand percent prefer those intimate character moments of the second act versus the action we get in the climax, which is fine in itself, but I much prefer the emotion of this film. What, what I find interesting about what you're saying is that this film is, uh, at the end of the day here, um, a film of contrasts. It is a film yeah, of... very much so. Yeah, it's a film of contrasting Caesar to the colonel, how they both choose to lead their men, their mm -hmm. viewpoint on whether or not the two uh, can coexist with one another. Um, how they handle and conduct themselves during times of war. Yeah. And then also, too, the contrast that you're uh, talking about, finding the beauty within humanity and within this world versus yeah. also the devastation and the bleak, depressing qualities of it. Um, yeah. 
I was not prepared for how bleak this movie was going to be mm. to the point where I started saying to myself, wow, they really could have gone for an R rating if they wanted to. Sure. Like there are some scenes in this movie that are if, – if you're an animal lover – don't go see this movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's tough to watch at times, for sure. Oh yeah, I I was moved to tears. I think on two occasions, simply because um, seeing and the crazy thing too, you guys, like I'm wrapping my mind around this right now. These are these are not animals; they're CGI. But my God, like that's when you know that the team yeah. over at Weta has done their work and their job exactly. well. Is that yeah. they make me forget that? Like that's unbelievable. It is so. When you're watching, you know, a scene where apes are being slaughtered or they're, you know, there's parallels to things like concentration camps, you know, whatever the case may be. It's like it is so, so devastating. And not to mention, too, the tension, because we have seen that there are consequences to this war for Caesar um, in the first act of this film. What I kept on wondering was all throughout the second and third act was you know, because there are casualties of war all the time, who was going to be the next one to quote-unquote go? And I think Matt Reeves does an expert job of playing around with the tension of that because there are a lot of side characters from both Rise and Dawn Mm -hmm. that, you know, they're not as... They're not as... uh, What's the word I'm thinking of here? Prevalent as Caesar, but we know who they are. Like, we know who Maurice is at this point. You yeah. know, and, and Rocket. You know who Rocket is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So when Matt Reeves plays around with scenes where we are forced to go, oh my God, is is, is this ape going to make it? Is this ape yeah. going to make it? Yeah. Th- those scenes are just so, so well done. <laughs> I agree. There's, there's a scene in the third act, and I'll be vague here to avoid spoilers, but there's a scene where Rocket. Uh, he takes an action that to buy Caesar time, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And in that moment, I literally have no idea what's going to happen. I was scared to death for him. <laughs> like, oh, I, God, I really yeah. wasn't sure. But yeah, you're invested in these characters. There's another great scene with Rocket. You know, again, talking about the second act of the film, where the film slows down, focuses on these character moments, where he and Maurice and I believe Luca is talking to Caesar and. And they're they're trying to essentially buy their way into Caesar's story because eventually he wanted to go off on this quest by himself. Yeah, it's a suicide mission. Exactly. And he and and Rocket simply says a line to Caesar or something around the lines of, I know how you feel right now. I've lost a son myself. And if you've seen Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, you clearly know what he's talking about. And it moved me. I That moment in itself brought me to tears. Like, this is a character I know very well. I love Dawn. That moment with him and that movie was very moving. And so to see how this film was using that as an emotional crux for Rocket in that moment and what it meant for Caesar... And how the the camera just kind of lingered on both of their faces. It was remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. You know, you talk about the camera lingering on both of their faces. I, I can't remember the last time I saw this many close-ups in a movie. Yeah. It's incredible. There are so many. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah, which which highlights the incredible animation of this film, right? Because, you know, there's a really great close-up with Maurice when this little girl is first introduced as well. 
I'm I'm half tempted to to I, without knowing how they made this movie to just go. I, that might have just been a real ape that they trained to do that scene because I can't even tell if it was animation or not. It looked so real. Yeah, no, it, it's pretty wild in that regard. Um, let's talk about Woody Harrelson here. Mm. Uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, the character of the Colonel. I don't know if we ever find out his uh, his full name. I can't remember, but the character starts off one way where you think oh my god like this guy's a piece of shit like oh man he's clearly the villain I'm, go get him caesar yeah and then caesar and him have a scene together mm-hmm. and the film does something that i was not quite expecting they yeah. give him layers and they give him motivation yes i i was really taken aback by this because first of all it's not something that you see often in uh, hollywood blockbuster filmmaking and sure. second of all, uh, it really, really, really did help me to understand that character where in the beginning, I'm thinking, I don't even want to understand this character. Like this character sure. to me through his yeah. actions, he's showing me exactly who he is and he needs to be taken down. Yeah. And now, yeah. not that my opinion on that changed, I still felt that he needed to be dealt with. But um, the fact that Reeves took the time to actually give Harrelson some material and lay in some backstory. Um, it only helped mm-hmm. enrich the film that much more uh, for me personally that, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's no question about it at this point. Uh, you know, this is one of my favorite films of the year so far, but it's all these little, little pieces sure. that add up to that result as, uh, as a result. <laughs> okay. So I'm very conflicted on this scene, Matt. Perhaps we can uh, dive a little further into it. Okay. So if people can nitpick. I, at this film, if they want to, no, there really isn't a major flaw for me in this film outside of this scene. This is the only major uh, issue I had with it. And and for me, it, tr- it really comes down to not necessarily what you're talking about in terms of what we get out of the scene as much as it is. It's more or less an exposition dump that comes three quarters of the way through the movie in a film and really a series that didn't really rely on tons of exposition. This film was working so flawlessly and just carrying momentum from the previous two films and just amplifying the emotion of this film. And we get this moment that you're talking about where Woody Harrison's character of the Colonel wants to talk to Caesar. And initially what he, he, tells him that is very organic and natural given that character. But what happens after that and these questions that Caesar is asking the Colonel, it felt a little counterintuitive that the Colonel would give into these questions. I feel like the way they presented the character earlier and how ruthless that he was, it didn't really feel natural that he would be like, okay, well I'll go ahead and kind of tell you more about myself and my plan. Like that to me just didn't work within the, the rhythms of the film at that point. And so the exposition we do get, it, it is important information, especially since this is technically a prequel leading into what we know of the original planet of the apes. And I feel like there, there's, perhaps a more organic way to interweave that information into the narrative and and this story in particular. And while I appreciate them giving us layers to the Colonel and some of his motivations, some of it, I don't know if 
it felt a little forced to me, which is why I'm conflicted because I like it. And at the same time, this was the only scene of the entire movie that kind of took me out in execution. It just, it just felt like an unnecessary exposition dump that I don't know. I, I just don't know if we needed it in the way that it was in this film, even though I like the performances, the dynamics of that scene are great, but like I said, I'm, I'm still wrestling with it. So I'll give uh, two uh, reasons why I will defend that scene. Okay. One is because Caesar provokes the colonel into it. Okay. You know, it's like he questions the colonel's uh, humanity, which is also something that we, the audience, are doing as well. And, you know, the colonel, what would have been, what would have been wrong to me is if the colonel became a mustache twirling villain and was like, ha, you're right, I have no humanity. <laughs> Screw you guys, you know? <laughs> like, that would not have okay. worked. <laughs> but instead, what we do get is we do get the, are you are you freaking kidding me? You guys are trying to replace us. Humanity's on the brink of destruction. And you're going to question me for trying to defend the human race after hundreds of years of dominating this planet? No, not on my watch. Absolutely not. And let me also tell you the, the the levels that I have gone to to make sure that that does not happen so that you fully understand, you know, it, because when he tells Caesar that he's taking this war much too personally, I, I, I kind of understood that because when you are in times of war, there's going to be mm. casualties. And you can't look at it like it's a personal vendetta. Why did you need to do that? Um, it, you know, do you have something against me sort of yeah. mentality? Yeah. No, it's just that people die in war all the time. So then you find that he be, that he takes that provoking personally to be intentional and not counterintuitive to his character? I, I do. Because, mm -hmm. and I'll also tell you the second reason why now. Because it pays off at the end. It, it does pay off at the end. I, I would agree with that. If we did not have that scene and we did not have that moment, that scene later on would not have the the parallels to the past and the power that it did as a result yeah. of the character. I completely agree with that. And that's why I'm conflicted on the scene itself. And perhaps I just need to rewatch the scene and I'll come around to it because there are elements to it that I do like, but on that first viewing and perhaps part of it was, I was just caught off guard with all of the exposition we were getting in that scene. And I, and that to me felt distracting given the fact that the film wasn't relying on any, any, any scene like that in the film, the whole series hasn't really relied on any scene like that. And to just more or less kind of dump that information in our seat, the way that it came across to me just felt a little unnecessary, but the, the human dynamics of that scene, as you're talking about, I, I do like, and I do think that comes through. It does have a nice payoff at the end as well. And we do see that with other characters. Caesar is working another ape that is working for the humans that has a payoff as well. So, Oh yeah. You know, all of those dynamics with the, you know, with this, this military group, I, I did enjoy. And like you said, some of it is very bleak. It's very brutal at times as well. But the way Caesar and his community comes together to to, to, to more or less kind of um, uh, kind of overcome their their circumstances is it's very stirring and it's very moving in, in the movie. But with Woody Harrelson's character, 
in the way his character crystallizes, I found that to be very, very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, you've talked about one thing that bothered you in the movie. I'm going to talk about one thing that bothered me, and it's the only thing that bothered me in the movie. Um, hmm. This is going to be fun. Michael Giacchino's score. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go in the ring here on this one, then Matt. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it very simple. I'll make it very very simple here. On its own, because I listened to the score before I saw the movie. Mm. I think the score is absolutely fantastic. I love it as a standalone score. I truly, truly, truly did not feel that it worked properly against some of the images that were being put on the screen at times. And I felt that all like, I truly believe that some of the images that were being put on the screen, if they had more of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? More of a strings based, um, more somber, uh, score. Hmm. I could have been potentially crying throughout this entire movie. Maybe. And maybe Matt Reeves didn't want to lay on the emotion that heavy and that thick. But Let's there see. are some moments for like I don't know, give I'll give one example. Okay. When we first see Caesar in the movie, the first image of Caesar, because we don't see Caesar mm-hmm. right away. It takes yeah. a little while for Caesar to come on screen. Yes. That should be a cue for the music to like kind of like kick in at the first sighting of Caesar. And like that was a missed opportunity where it didn't do that. Um, Hmm. there's this very beautiful, very simple, very delicate piano motif that plays throughout the movie. And it's probably the most, uh, memorable aspect of the score for me because it's, uh, done a couple times throughout the movie. I I like that, but there was just that moment. And then some other moments where, um, the apes were fighting and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe or maybe not, don't want to reveal spoilers, being potentially slaughtered. And mm-hmm. I just felt like the music was not doing justice to the images that were on the screen. It didn't. It didn't blend well enough for me. Okay. Well, first to speak to the moment where Caesar first comes on the screen, I actually appreciated the subtlety of that moment because this comes right after a pretty tragic event. And the camera is walking through this hallway. It's obviously through the perspective of Caesar, but we see apes and the devastation and the casualties and they're kind of bowing as the camera or Caesar is walking through this corridor. And when we first see his face, instead of the music pandering to some sort of moment that he's now here, it simply just plays into the moment and the fact that this is a devastating moment. So I like that it was subtle in that regard. As far as uh, the score overall, though, I think this is some of the best music Michael Giacchino has done over the course of the last five years. I think when I, when I think about this decade, the scores of his that stand out to me are inside out and War for the Planet of the Apes. I think the musical cues of this film, you were talking about how you weren't necessarily moved or crying throughout the film, Matt. Well, I was. I was deeply moved by the music. I think it is utterly gorgeous. And a lot of the character moments, you know, we've been talking about how the film pauses and it lingers on these characters' faces or these conversations that they're having, which are very emotional in their own right. And for me, those musical cues that Giochino brings, the intricacies he brings to it, 
it deeply moved me. I think a big reason I cried throughout this entire experience is because of Giacchino's score. I think the music on its own is also very gorgeous. And I think that that main cue that we see that, that lies underneath the big emotional moments of this movie, Matt Reeves uh, injects that at just the right time. And I think the music is so beautiful and amplifying that emotion. And the music itself, it's not, I don't think it's calling attention to itself by any means, but it's such a beautiful melody that helps amplify what these characters are going through, their connection to one another, and the the, the the tragedy that they're having to overcome. I think the music is very good, and I think highlighting all of that. And I think as a result, this will end up being one of my favorite scores of the year, hands down. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that for sure. Alrighty, uh, for the sake of time here, what are your final thoughts on War for the Planet of the Apes? Uh, what grade would you give it out of ten? And yes, I am going to force it to that <laughs> ten. I know, I know, you guys do letter grades. Yeah, but I'm very curious sure. uh, based on my own rating scale. Okay. And do you foresee any Oscar potential for this film? Well, <laughs> I mean, you guys are the Oscar esper- Oscar experts. I, I'll say this. I would love to see Circus get nominated or recognized in some sort of way. I, I don't know if the industry is ready for that, but good God, I hope so. And it's been nice because there's been sites like yours and IndieWire and others that are very much pushing for this. I'm not sure if that will have any sort of impact at all, but good God, I hope that people continue to do that and that eventually circus can get recognized for this. Um, I guess we'll just disagree here, but if Giacchino got nominated for his score for this film, I would love to see that as well. Oh, uh, no, I would too. Like I said, as a standalone score, uh, I appreciate the music considerably. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, for some reason, I just don't know why. I, for me, like it just didn't work well on screen. But okay. when I listen to it, I yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, I, so as far as Oscar potential, I think that's more or less where this film sits. Oh, an animation. Oh, no doubt that effects will get nominated here and probably win, should win. Um, as far as a few other final thoughts real fast, though, I just want to note that there are touches of humor in this film that I did not expect, but yeah. I di- I didn't find it tonally jarring at all. In fact, I thought Steve Zahn, who you read that name on its own and you're like, oh my gosh, he's in this film. That is a little bit concerning, but I think he actually does a very good job. In fact, uh, they did a very good job of hiding his voice, his vocal performance as this quote unquote bad ape I thought was, was very, very good. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought all of that worked very well. So, um, so I just wanted to highlight that. And of course, we've been talking about you know the emotion of this film, this internal conflict that Caesar has had. I thought all of that was handled so so well. The themes of this movie, all of the juxtapositions, the humanity and the apes, the brutality and the human characters, it all comes together very very well for me. Um, like I said, the only scene that I have a problem with is the, the, the one major scene between Caesar and the Colonel, but I could very much come around to that. And you make some really great arguments, Matt. And the more I sit on this and wrestle with it, I may come around to your side. So right now, this is easily one of my favorite films of the year. In fact, Matt, it might, it might be my favorite film of the year so far. Um, but I have to sit with that a little bit more, but it's very, very much up there for me. I love this film. I would easily give it a nine out of 10. Very, very nice. I too give this a nine out of 10. Um, 
as far as final thoughts go, I mean, we've pretty much touched upon all of it at this point. Uh, people definitely just go out and see War for the Planet of the Apes. If you have seen any of the uh, first two films at all, um, the film even does a really great job of actually getting you up to speed it, within the first couple of moments through some uh, main titles. Yeah, I thought were that was great. Clever. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed that a lot. So. Definitely check it out, whether you have seen the uh, first two or you have not. Um, it's really worth it. I mean, Andy Serkis' performance is worth the price of admission alone. And yeah. with that said, as far as Oscar potential is concerned, I mean, God help me, lead actor Andy Serkis, he deserves it. Will yes. it happen? I'm venturing towards the side of no right now. Mm. What I do think uh, much more so is I do think visual effects and possibly the sound uh, nomination, sound editing, sound mixing – are you know within the cards here especially if the film uh continues to be one of the best well-reviewed uh blockbuster films of yeah the sure year, it certainly could show up yeah so war for the planet of the apes is fantastic it is currently in my top five it's one of my favorite films of the year so far be sure to check it out jd duran where can they find you on the internet uh they can find us at insessionfilm.com you can find links to our podcast there links to social media as well and i also just want to quickly plug that mr matt neglia over there is going to be joining us for some bonus content uh later on this weekend as well that we will release in the next week so be on the lookout for that as well yes i will absolutely that's gonna be fun it is all right you can find me at next best picture on all of the social media networks uh you have been listening to the next best picture podcast review of war for the planet of the apes and you can subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud google play TuneIn, stitcher player fm and Castbox. thank you so much everyone for listening and we will see you all next time Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.